Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of And Then This Happened. It's I, Aaron Goins, with another week. Thank you so much again for joining me. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody had a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope whatever it is in your life that you wanted to happen this week, I hope that it happened. And I hope that whatever it was that you wanted to have happen, that when it happened, you were happy when it happened. And if when it happened, you still aren't happy, I hope that you get whatever it is that will make you happy. Did that make sense? I hope you understand. Because I understand. Sometimes you want something and you get what you want and then you realize, I didn't want that shit. It's like getting a nice ass vehicle, right? You you could be in a piece of shit bucket like fuck it. Okay? I'm talking about a car that old. And then when you finally get what it is that you want, let's say it's a Ferrari, let's say it's a Bugatti, a Tesla, you realize after about three weeks of having that shit, you're like, I don't want this shit no more. I just wanted to stunt. I just wanted to stunt for a little bit. People only know you have a nice car when you're in that nice car. When you get out of that car, you still the same fucking asshole that you always were. Don't nobody give a shit. Don't nobody give a shit about your car unless they in your car. The only people who give a shit about you if you have a nice car is motherfuckers through the drive-thru. Go to KFC. Go to McDonald's or some shit. Them bitches gonna be all up in your grill like, hey, big daddy. Hey, big mama. What kind of MPG you get on that? You want extra ketchup? You cute. This ain't what I wanted. What I wanted was to be happy. What I wanted was to was happiness in my heart. And these material things, they don't make me happy. What will make me happy is, is, is companionship, joy, friendship, love, sharing shit with people. Not this fucking Ferrari. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of rambling right now. But seriously, though, um... Rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Golly, bro, he fucking died last week. Paul Mooney, the motherfucking go. I like Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney helped write Richard Pryor jokes. Paul Mooney, I want to say Paul Mooney wrote that joke with Richard Pryor, the, the old two guys that are taking a piss over the Golden Gate Bridge. Two men taking a, two men taking a piss over the Golden Gate Bridge. One man, he takes a piss. One man whips his dick out over the bridge. He said, ooh, this water cold. Other man whips his dick out, throw it over the bridge. He says, yeah, and it's deep, too. <laughs> Richard Pryor the GOAT. Richard Pryor died in 2005. I just recently, I saw the Richard Pryor documentary because I am obsessed with Richard Pryor. I fucking love Richard Pryor. Just recently, I didn't know he was in the fucking army. He was in the army for, like, two years, but he, he was sentenced to, like, army jail in, like, Russia or some shit for cutting a nigga in the face. He cut a nigga in the face. Richard Dick Pryor, what are you doing? 
I did read his book, Prior Convictions. It was so, his life was sad. I remember he said the first joke or the first laugh he ever got, he was like a, he was like a five-year-old child and he fell in shit and everybody laughed. So he did it again. <laughs> and he said he's been playing and shit ever since. Or, or falling and shit ever since. I'm paraphrasing. But I fucking love Richard Pryor, man. If there was one comedian that I could be like, it would be like myself. But if it, if it's one comedian that I could be like, it would be to be Richard Pryor. Honest. Honest as fuck. But funny. And relatable. And able to communicate it to where people under could understand. Funny. Like, it's art. Like, he said, Richard Pryor said the way he would want to be remembered... People, people might tell some stories about about me. You know, this is Richard talking. You know, people might tell stories about me. You know, you know. I, I remember when he was there. Oh, that nigga wasn't shit. Oh, you know, you know. Tell lies about me and shit like that. You know. I love Richard Pryor, man. Love that nigga. Rest in peace, Richard Pryor. Rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Two of the the the, the greatest of all times. Two of two of comedy's goats, like. They're, they're my goats. They're my goats. Dude, I used to sit in my room all day and listen to Richard Pryor albums. Like, I remember the one where he said a nigga's shoes was too tight. He said a nigga's shoes too tight. Like, you don't need the motherfucker send him to jail. He'll tell if his shoes is too tight. Like, okay, I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell it. And then he would have... Now, this is probably something, like, I know that I could do, but... He did it so well. He could motherfucking tell you a story, bruh, and add characters and shit like that. Not about his life, but, like, tell, like, a fable and just add characters to it. Like, he told this one story about uh, he went to go see a voodoo doctor, and the voodoo doctor, he said right when he seen her, she said, now... You make sure that you bring me back a goose or a turkey. If I tell you the future, you make sure come Christmas, you bring me back a goose or a turkey. And he said right, with, right in that moment, a spider went up his arm, shot up his arm, disappeared. He said, oh, Miss, Miss Tuttle, what was that? He said, don't worry about it. But if you don't bring me back that goose or turkey, you will see him again. And that's where I think, like, a lot of the shit, because, like, Paul Mooney helped him out a lot of those jokes. That's where I think, like, a lot of the shit, like, comes into, like, there's power in numbers. Like, not saying he couldn't have, he couldn't do that shit by himself. Richard Pryor couldn't have wrote some of those, some a lot of those great jokes by himself. But a lot of it, it takes, like, like a machine. It takes an engine. It takes people behind you like all working together for one common goal and that's to like and that's for uh, the the success of everyone um but i think now i think everybody wants to be top dog i think nobody and i think we're so disconnected now but i mean that maybe i'm just making excuses back then they probably thought they were disconnected as well i mean shit he grew up in the in the fucking crack era you feel me this motherfucker grew up in a hoe house you feel me? He probably thought that he was the most disconnected from the world. I mean, but he would just try shit. This 
motherfucker would just try shit. He 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 said in his book that uh, he would go up and perform at this one club, and some nights he would sing, some nights he would tell jokes, and then he said like I didn't know if I was weird or if people liked me, but I knew I had their attention. And shit like that, like, that's kind of how, like, I am, bro. Like, I don't care if I'm weird. And I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. Like, if you like what I'm, you know, if I'm, but do I got their attention? Can I hold on to their attention? Can I be entertaining long enough to, to hold, to keep their attention? And will they come back and see me? I think a lot of that shit, it, it's like, it's vulnerability. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the want and the need to be accepted. Like, and I think some people have that hole deeper than others. It's bigger than others. And I think that's where, like, a comedian is formed. Like, you just want the acceptance, the attention. Um, I think like that's where like entertainment and shit like that. I think that's where like it it is it's formed, you know, the 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 where it's cultivated at. Um like dude, I remember I used to do shit like when I was a child. I remember I would just like run into walls. <laughs> I remember I said, uh uh, I'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs, and then bang, <laughs> I was just running to the because I wanted, to, and people would look at me like, oh, "This kid's fucking weird." But I, at least I had your attention. You know what I mean? Like I thought, like I was cool, but you know, that kids thought I was fucking weird. But you, that's just one to be accepted, and that's where like, uh, just just me being a comedian, me having a podcast, me tr- wanting to put content out online. That's where you know. I get there, man. I get okay. <laughs> I get there, man. You know, people will, will see it for all what it is, and then uh, y- y'all, the people who are listening to this right now, and even the people in the future who will be listening to this episode right now, they'll see like, oh, okay, they'll just get to see this the step by step process, like just the fucking seed that grew into a flower or to a, a tree. You feel me? Just this was just step by step shit. And then now I guess I'm talking about, like, comedians and shit like that. Like, a lot of comedians, like, failed. Not even failed, but, like, could be looked as in their earlier, like, life as a failure. Like, Bill Burr, he didn't move out of his home until he was, like, 27, I think. Fucking Burt Kreischer. This Kreischer. 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 My bad, Burt. My bad. My bad, Big B-Man. Uh, this motherfucker, he didn't, he didn't graduate college till he was like 26, 26 or 28, some shit like that. Like Richard Pryor was raped as a child. Like you'd feel me like a lot of this shit is like, uh, there's a lot of pain and a lot of comedians, at least, you know, that one that I identify with in the early stages of their career, which I think like. When I'm talking, like, early stages of their career, I don't mean, like, professionally. I mean, like, because as a comedian, like, I believe your career starts, like, from when you're born. 
like all of the material, all of my life experiences, that is part of, of me becoming a comedian. That's part of me forming myself into a comedian. That's that's a part of my act. Ultimately, you know, who I who I am as a as a person, my mannerisms, the way I talk, uh, my inflections, um, the way I think. It all comes from life experience. So I guess I say all that to say there's hope for me. There's hope for me too. <laughs> um, but rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Um, you are loved. That's another episode of And Then This Happened. I am your host, Aaron Goins. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll talk to y'all again next week. Peace. <laughs>